You're listening to Ed Curation, the podcast where teachers talk curriculum. We make it easier for educators to find the resources they need to create fresh, lively, and authentic learning. Welcome to another edition of Ed Curation, where teachers talk curriculum, and I'm excited today to have Sari Mills on the show. Sari is a teacher at Park Hill Elementary in Denver Public School. She teaches fifth grade, and she's here today to talk to us about using AVID at the elementary school level. Welcome, Sari. Thanks for having me, Timory. Happy to be here. So, Sari, how long have you been teaching? So I have been in education for almost 20 years as a teacher, as a curriculum writer, and as an instructional coach. Wow. And for our listeners outside of Denver and Colorado, tell us a little bit about Park Hill Elementary and, and what the school's like and what the students are like and the kind of population that you serve. Park Hill Elementary is located in downtown Denver. And our school was built in the late 1800s. So our school is over 100 years old. And we serve a variety of students from all different socioeconomic status, all different cultures. We're a real mix of what Denver looks like. Exciting. And tell everyone what you like about teaching. That's a good question. I love that no day or year is ever the same. Mm -hmm. So each year I get to reflect on what worked well in my classroom and what didn't and make it better for the students the next year. So I'm constantly looking for best practices to change my instruction, or I'm always changing my room layout and decor, or I'm trying to find like the latest and greatest young adult literature so I can integrate that into my literacy. And also that we get to have fun on a daily basis. I get to sing and dance and laugh while I'm learning with my students. It's never boring, right? Never, never, never a boring moment. But I, that's what I like. I like that it's always different and I'm constantly learning myself. And so as you're always learning and adding to your repertoire, one of the, I don't know if it's a program or a curriculum or a professional learning, but the, the resources that you found really valuable, as I understand, is AVID. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that you brought that up, Timory, is that AVID is really more of a system or a philosophy rather than a program. AVID stands for Advancement via Individual Determination. The mission is to really close that achievement gap in preparing all students so that they are career and college ready, and they'll be able to be successful in our global society. It's currently in 47 states, and it's impacting students from kindergarten all to grade 16, or that higher education level. So we're even seeing these AVID strategies in the college at the college level. Wow. Yeah. How did you first learn about AVID? That's a great story. I went to a panel discussion, a high school panel discussion in which six African-American boys were talking about their different high school experiences. And regardless of their backstories, which were really all different, each of the boys said they wouldn't be where they were now without their avid family. So after hearing the boys speak about that, I thought, what does the avid family look like at an elementary level? Or do they even have avid at an elementary level? So I went to my principal and I asked her if she'd ever heard of AVID. And we looked into it and found out that there was an elementary component, but it was newer. It had been rolled out in 2007. They had the middle school and the high school earlier on, and they have just starting to roll out the elementary. So our fifth grade team, along with our principal and our assistant principal, went down to Dallas for our first AVID Summer Institute. Was that in 2007? No, that was in 2014. 
You've been doing about five years now. Yeah. Yep. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you learned at the training in Mm -hmm. Dallas and what you brought back. So I went there as a veteran teacher. I wasn't a brand new teacher. So I sometimes go into professional developments a little leery. Mm-hmm. right, of what I'm going to learn. And after three days with them, I was a changed teacher, a truly changed teacher. I was able to look at the strategies that I was already using and learn how to tweak them to make them even better. And I was able to gather some new strategies, even as a veteran teacher. And just to rethink my teaching practice, and it really focused, my focus changed to a student-centered classroom rather than a teacher-driven classroom. And I really enjoyed that component of that advancement via individual determination. I wanted the learning to be on the students. I wanted them to be responsible for their learning. Tell us a little bit about how your classroom transformed as a result. So I think the biggest change was that part of the AVID system is this idea of WICKER. Now, WICKER is an acronym and the W is for writing. The I is for inquiry, the C is for collaboration, the O is for organization, and the R is for reading. So after attending the Summer Institute, I started looking at my lessons from those five components. I said, is there each of those components in all my lessons, knowing that those five components were the best for career, college, middle school, high school, right? Just the best learning. And so that really transformed my lessons and that I was like, oh, this is missing the writing to learn piece. Mm -hmm. This is really missing a true collaboration piece besides turn and talk. So it really made me transform my daily lessons. How do you think your teaching was before this? I think it was strong in those components, but it was not all put together in one good package. Mm -hmm. Right? I used to have my Kagan strategy book, and I used to have my graphic organizer book, and I used to write piecemealing all of these ideas together. Now that I have my foundations book from Avid, that's my one go-to. I called it my golden book. It has a golden purple. Now I have all my strategies at my fingertips in that one book. Seems more comprehensive. If you're using the wicker, nothing's left out. Yes. And I think that the wicker is nice because it's not more what. Mm -hmm. This is not more. more, We have enough standards. We have enough curriculum as teachers. Mm -hmm. The nice thing is that the AVID system is how. How do we disseminate this information to students so they understand it and they retain the information? So what do you think you've been able to achieve using AVID that you wouldn't have been able to achieve otherwise? I really like the collaboration piece of it and the writing to learn piece and the organization. With the organization piece, the students have planners and agendas. And they keep track of long-term assignments. They keep track of homework. They keep up their learning targets, their goals. And so before AVID, I didn't really have an organizational system. Mm -hmm. Now, actually, our entire school-wide, we're school-wide organized. We're color-coded. Yeah, we're color-coded by content area. We, We vertically align with our organizational pieces. We all have different levels of our note taking. So I I was taking notes, but I wasn't processing the notes with the students or having them review them or use them for something. But AVID, there's a focused note-taking process where the students are taking notes for a reason. And whether we take that then to a collaboration piece where we can do a philosophical chairs, which is a great debate format, or we can take it to a Socratic seminar for an in-depth conversation. So I wasn't doing all those components before I had AVID in the classroom. If your entire school is helping students to be organized in the same way from grade to grade to grade. They can't possibly unlearn that. 
right? Yeah, like, yeah, they can't, they can't, yeah. You know, no matter what school they go to in middle school and high school, they're going to take this with them. That is just yep. so powerful. Do you get that feedback from students as they move on? Yes, absolutely. My students come back, whether they're in middle school or in high school, and they tell me, I'm so grateful that I learned how to take notes. I'm so grateful that I learned how to annotate an article, how to critically read. I'm so grateful that I learned how to keep track of my planner because they said the schools that they were going to didn't have those structures in place. And again, that gets back to that individual determination. It helps us send off students no matter where they go with, like you said, Timory, the organizational piece, the collaboration. How do I truly collaborate? How do I listen? How do I speak to be heard? And all those are such strong parts of AVID. So you've been doing this for five years now. And so I would imagine it's just really kind of part and parcel with your whole classroom and how you teach. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about, are there certain ways that AVID has taught you how to start the year that you didn't do before that you find particularly useful since we're approaching a new school year? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we started with the organizational piece when we first took on AVID. And so I was thinking that with teachers starting the school year, it's nice to get that organizational piece down. Where's your agenda? How do kids know how to get through the day? Ideally, that makes it easier for the teacher, right? Once those rituals and routines that lead to organization, just better for the all-around day. Yeah. And how do the students receive this instruction as they're learning about organization and they're getting started in the year? Do they like it? Well, they like it as soon as they know the why. We really talk a lot about the why. Why do we have planners, right? Why do we have our agendas? Uh Why do we need to keep track of our learning targets? If we ground that learning in the why, then -hmm. they're more on board. And with the parents too. The parents want to hear, okay, why do we have these? What is the purpose Mm -hmm. of these agendas and these planners? That's so important. I mean, when I was an instructional coach in different classrooms, I remember hearing students say, why are we doing this, miss? You know, and Mm -hmm. I remember some teachers who, you know, didn't have the opportunity to think that through or didn't have enough professional learning saying things like, because I said so, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or they didn't even know the why. They don't even know the why. Yeah. They said, oh, somebody told me, right? Somebody from higher up told me the why. And in the foundations book that Abbott gives, they have entire sections on the why behind why it's important to collaborate and the organization, why it's important to be curious, right? Asking questions, answering questions, writing strong questions. It gives the why to all of those. And that to me is very beneficial for the students to hear. So you learned about how to bring AVID into your elementary school back in 2014 at a training in Dallas. Now for other educators who maybe haven't had the opportunity to learn about AVID yet, If they wanted to check it out, does it start with attending a training? Are there other ways to access advancement annual determination? That's a great question. On their website, on AVID's website, there's a great introductory answering lots of questions about the system, about the philosophy. There are, besides Summer Institute, PATH trainings that are offered. If there's a school or if there's a district that's interested, they can send a trainer out to your school or district. There are also showcase schools that may be near or in your communities and the showcase schools will open up their doors once to twice a year for you to come in and talk to the teachers. There's also a student panel that you'll get to talk to and to learn more about AVID. Wow. I didn't know about the showcase schools. That's pretty great. You'll have to come by Park Park Hill. Hill. 
Yeah, we're a showcase school. So we're, we'd love to have you come by anytime, Timory. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Now, what about a particular story or anecdote of one student and what they were able to achieve via AVID or a group of students? Do you have any mm-hmm. stories you could share with us? Yeah. So I had a student who was in my fifth grade class and he went on to middle school and he called me one day and said, Miss, I have to tell you the story. So he was a struggling reader. He was doing well. He loved reading, but it didn't come easy to him. So his first day of middle school, his teacher handed all the students an article and just said, read this. So of course, my student did his text coding, wrote in the margins, annotated the article, just like we had done in fifth grade. Sat back down, waited for the teacher to say done. So the teacher said, okay, anyone who wrote on their article or annotated the article, please stand up. And he was the only student to stand up. Mm. And it made him feel so good. Right After every, after all the time of struggling with reading and always have to be in a small group. And here he was. And his teachers asked him, you know, what, why did you do that? What is the purpose of the annotation? He said, because we just do. I just do it. So for him, it was like, it had become so intrinsic why wouldn't you do this? This is how you learn. This is how you gain more knowledge. This is how you critically read. So it seemed like such an interesting question from her. Like, why did you do it? He was like, because we, this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do to learn. So it made him feel so good. So he called me and shared that story with me. Oh, wow. You know, I remember when I was an English teacher from middle and high school, and I remember being unprepared to know how to teach struggling readers how to read at that age, right? I mean, traditional teacher ed assumes that when they when students come to us yeah. in middle and high school, they already know how to read, but we know that the reality is, is not that. Here I was, young 20-something, you know, in the 90s, receiving <laughs> my class in my middle and high school classroom that didn't know how to read or didn't know how to read well. And I remember just thinking like, how do you even know, you know, what the brain's doing when we're reading. And I remember somebody saying to me that the text alone doesn't have meaning. Like, I mean, it has what the author intended, but we, you know, we can't sit around and talk to the author about every page that they wrote. And so really we're bringing the meaning with our own brains to the text. And the only way that we can kind of coach students around that is to have them annotate. And so we Mm -hmm. can see their thinking about what's on the page. This is why so many of us have different interpretations of the same text, right? It's our Uh own experience. It's about our own inner conversations that are going on. And I want to see my students' inner conversations. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what comes from annotating and writing in the margins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it also, yeah, yeah. it also values, it also just values their opinions, their ideas Mm -hmm. before they have to interact with somebody. It's a safe space for them to underline, to circle, to write question marks. Mm -hmm. It's It's just a very safe space. If they're comfortable with interacting with the text through a critical read, that makes them feel more successful right away even if they're not understanding every word, right? Even if they're not understanding the whole entire text, if they're getting the gist and I can visibly see their thinking, that's great. Because all throughout our educational careers, we don't understand everything we read. We're in college and Mm -hmm. we understand everything. You know, we- Yeah, even now, yeah. And I think now in a day and age, obviously with new technology and we're, we're inundated with information and we really have to teach the kids to be critical readers because of what they're reading. 
Right. Right. And, and saying, who's the, who's the author? What source is this coming from? And questioning it and thinking about it and not just believing it for face value. Right. So it's so important. Another piece that connects to that is the writing to learn. So you were talking about the reading piece and, you know, how, how hard it is when you have struggling readers, you know, to especially at the middle school and high school level. And sometimes just reading's not their thing. And I oftentimes think that that's with writing as well. And a big part of the avid philosophy is this writing to learn rather than learning to write. And the writing to learn is where students just get to do a quick write. They're just doing a jot, right? And they are thinking about their reading, but the writing is not graded. It's quick, it's short, it's informal. It's again, it's a safe space to write, but it's still showing me their thinking. And that writing to learn piece has been another big component that all the teachers at Park Hill have integrated into their lessons to move away from this writing, this idea of the writing process and more to how do we write to learn. Right. Because traditionally, again, we would think, well, once you've learned everything, then you write about it to show what you learn, which is one type of intellectual exercise. But we're missing opportunities throughout that learning if we're not putting down our thoughts as we go. And plus, by putting down our thoughts as we go, when we go to write that final product, we have versions of our thinking saved. Mm -hmm. You know, just sitting in our own head, quiet with our mouths closed by ourselves, it's really hard to like put together a coherent thought, you know? Yeah, definitely. Better yeah. when we yes. jot down some ideas and, and share those with others and refine those ideas. And that's so exciting, Sari. So what teachers do you think should check out AVID? AVID is, again, written for kindergarten up into college, but I think it's nice to start at the elementary level to take it school-wide, especially not knowing where those students are going to go to middle school, high school, or college. Getting at that school-wide so the students are getting a strong foundation of that wicker. It's a growth mindset as well, piece to the, to the AVID system. So I think the elementary level is a great place to start with the and AVID system. All, I know that you have a very diverse student population, best suited for diverse student populations. Does AVID work better with certain populations versus others? I think it would work great with all populations because, again, it's teaching students 21st century skills and all students need that. And that's, the, that's AVID's mission. That's the goal is to prepare all students to be ready for this brand new global society that they're headed out into. So is there anything you'd like to say to the folks at AVID that continue to run this program and disseminate it to all the schools and classrooms across the world? Do you have any messages for them? Yeah, actually, I am so proud of actually Mary Catherine Swanson. She is the one who started AVID. So in 1980, she was a teacher at Claremont High School. And she believed that all students, even the ones that were being bussed in from disadvantaged areas of San Diego, that if they could work hard, that all of them could learn the skills necessary to be college ready. So that went from one teacher in one classroom of 32 students to now over 2 million students today. Wow. So her legacy is carried on yet to all the AVID students. So now and just knowing that from something from the 80s, how many students it's reaching now. So she's just really an inspiration to show that one teacher can make such a difference in so many lives, even beyond our classroom. Wow. Thanks yeah. for sharing about her. So you have Avid, you have these strategies, you're school-wide, got this going on in your class. What is next on the horizon for you as far as 
what additional resources might you be looking for in the future, either in this school year or future school mm-hmm. years, kind of next for, for you in particular and mm-hmm. for Park Hill Elementary? So as we talk about those 21st century skills and we're teaching kids to collaborate and we're teaching them, you know, to stay organized and to be curious, mm-hmm. I think the next step for me is to add in a technology piece Mm-hmm. But not just another like Google Google Docs or Google Classroom. I want something new where I integrate technology to where I couldn't do it if I didn't have the technology. Mm-hmm. So if I could do it pen and paper, right? We use, you know, we love we love all of the, the technology, all the apps we have, but I really want my students to see something or produce something that they would not have been able to do without the technology. Are you thinking like computer science related, helping students improve their computer science skills? It could be, or maybe, yeah, doing some coding or something in math, maybe math related or even science related, taking something that we're doing already and applying it Mm -hmm. to something else to show we couldn't have done this without the technology. And I'm not quite sure what that technology looks like yet. It's my next idea, my next step of what what I'm looking for. A new way to integrate technology. Well, something that we're trying to do here at Ed Curation is really curate some high quality curriculum science material Mm -hmm. resources because honestly, it's like the gold rush out there in that discipline. You know, there's new computer science standards that are going to be Mm -hmm. here. There are going to be expectations from K 12 that students are learning about coding and about different Mm -hmm. um, computer science skills. And honestly, a lot of us that are teaching those grades don't have that background ourselves. And we're really totally agree. Yep. <laughs> on good resources for that the students can interface with. And like you said, produce something that they wouldn't be able to otherwise. And mm-hmm. just at the Computer Science Teachers Association, their national conference down in Phoenix last month. And it's amazing what they're bringing out. Different companies are creating products that can be used by grade level in English language arts in uh, some yeah. societies. Where That's amazing. That's what I want to see. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Cool. Well, when Ed Curation goes live this fall, <laughs> I can't wait to share with you some of the resources that we've been finding specifically in computer science because it doesn't matter what our students, what careers they pursue, they're mm-hmm. going to be stronger in their work if they have a a good computer science background. So yep, completely agree. Lots of exciting stuff on the horizon and lots of opportunity there for new resources to be developed. Well, thank you, Siri, for coming on the show today. Uh, It's exciting to hear that Park Hill Elementary is a, what kind of school did you say? Yeah, a showcase school. A showcase school for AVID. And I know that a lot of people think about AVID being at the high school or maybe the middle school, but to learn that It's preparing students at the elementary with these organization pieces and all the collaboration. That's just really exciting. And so thanks for sharing with us today. Thank you, Tim-Marie, for having me. It was great talking with you. Thank you for listening to Ed Curation. We hope you learned something today about a curriculum resource that produces fresh, lively, and authentic learning. Check out edcuration.com to find out more. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N.com.